0: When you don't want your busy evenings to signal the end of dinnertime exploration, try Blue Apron's two- or four-serving menu plan so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of
1: high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com
0: unique. In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them, and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. I am very, very, very excited for today's episode because I'm gonna, we're going to share with you an update from a previous guest from nearly a year ago. At the time I talked with him, he was nine weeks in recovery, I believe, from uh, overcoming COVID-19. And this was back when the pandemic was at its height. Where we had people dying in emergency rooms and waiting rooms and 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 there was a lot of chaos going on particularly uh, in the first um, very 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 hyper infected area of New York City, uh, which is where my guest uh Lives and resides, and he is a comedian. He shared with us how he used the power of laughter and comedy to uh, to get over this. In addition to other things, support from his wife, from his son, and he is here to give us an update on how things are going nearly a year later. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mr. Bruce Lipsky. Hey, Bruce, how you doing, man? Long hey, time. Arb-
1: hey, Aubrey, thank you so much. I do appreciate
0: you having me back here. Gosh.
1: Yes, it has been over a year right now, and uh, yeah. it's uh as we know, it's interesting times. That's all I have to say. Uh, when we first spoke, uh, I had mentioned to you the fact that mid March of 2020, mm-hmm. I started feeling ill. And long story short, yes, I tested positive for the COVID disease, mm-hmm. and I went through a series of uh, physicians, medical protocols, vitamin protocols, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where I was. For lack of a better word, temporary cured, if there's such a word. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think I mentioned last time that, you know, based on how the disease affects people, as we're well aware, there's people who've had the disease, don't even know they had it. There are those who've had the disease and feel sick for a day or two and just like a cold. Then as, as we mentioned earlier, too, is that you know, somebody gets the disease, and next thing you know, they're in the hospital on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. My classification is what they call long hauler okay, person gets a disease and has consistent symptoms for over the course of the amount of time, Mm. okay, depending who you talk to, it could be three weeks, six weeks, or whatever, Yeah, are presenting symptoms. Mm. I'm now 13 months and still presenting symptoms. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so uh, my typical symptoms are headaches, nauseousness, chills, uh, feelings of warmth, trachea constriction, light cough, um, Mm -hmm. I was fortunate, at least in my end of it, that I'd, my lung capacity had stayed strong, and it, nothing, as far as pneumonia and things like that, affected my lungs. Yeah. That was one of the key things to my recovery. Mm. Um, but yes, I struggle as what they I, I consider it a long haul. There's hundreds of thousands of people out there who are long haulers, mm. and it's very interesting. In the New York City area, there are what they call long hauler clinics. Really, there's one. There's one now signing hospital and there's one in stony brook hospital out in long island right right, uh, dedicated just to people who've been suffering with this disease over the course of a lengthy time period um that's the good news the unfortunate news is because when i see i I see my regular doctor on scheduled appointments and he's been doing my antibody testing and i've had very high antibodies that's the good news good Bad news I have high antibodies because why I'm constantly fighting disease. You know, why does somebody produce antibodies? The body has a response to a foreign body or object, let's say COVID, and it wants to basically kick the kick the crap out of it and get it out of the system. So it creates antibodies. And these antibodies, when you have them, especially at the higher level, what does it do? It produces symptoms. Again, it Mm -hmm. could be fever, it could be nauseousness, it could be a, a lot of different symptoms depending on the individual. And that's one of the unfortunate things with, with the long haulers is that the symptoms aren't consistent I among see. Two, two people, okay? okay? My symptoms are consistent for me over the course of time. But if you ask another long hauler who could have been a marathon runner, it could be someone who is very in shape. Some yeah. of these people can't walk from the bathroom to the bedroom, mm. you know? And yeah. there's no rhyme or reason why. It is a neurological issue. It does affect the brain in different ways. It affects mm-hmm. the other systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a big question mark. The doctors are saying, we don't know how, why, and when and where it affects me this way and it affects Joe Smith another way. So they develop these clinics.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, specifically trying to, to deal with this. That's mm-hmm. the good news. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those clinics, of what I can get out of are, are research based because they're still trying to figure out why, when, and where. Uh, so okay. The good news is, I called up one of the clinics and I got an appointment. They said the earliest they can see me is October 25th. Are they that backlogged? One clinic said October 25th. So I said, I said almost in a joking manner, I said to the gentleman who's taking the appointment, I said, you're either very optimistic that I'm going to kick these symptoms and I'm going to cancel October 25th, or (laughs) you're very pessimistic that I'm not going to kick these symptoms and I'm going to keep the appointment. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... It's, it's almost like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But he said, yeah. don't cancel the appointment because if we, get, if we get a cancellation along the way, you may be in the queue and we'll call you. So I kept the appointment. But it's frustrating And because even if I that appointment was tomorrow, all that appointment really is, okay, you're going to meet with a physician and they're going to give you a course of action to see other doctors. You're going to get passed around like an hors d'oeuvre at a bar mix. oh my gosh yeah 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 Uh, Yeah. because they're going to say what your symptoms what's this what's that they're going to send you to the pulmonologist they're going to send you to the the neurologist they're going to send you to the internist and i don't blame them the doctors they're overworked on their staff and they're they're basically combating a disease that they're still learning right so so, so there's another clinic i called and they said we're only in on wednesdays Mm -hmm. okay fine what's the earliest appointment i get for that that's early June. so A little better. little better, but the idea is thankfully I'm not in a position of some of these other long haulers, as I said before, the ones that can only walk from, from the bedroom to the bathroom barely or, or have other symptoms that are so bad. There was just somebody on TV the other day. It breaks your heart to see some of the symptoms he's going through. Mm. He gets burning feet every night and he has to soak his feet for hours at night what? because they burn. He had, to, he had a fever for over 100 days. You're I mean, kidding and, me! Yeah, no, and so it's uh, you know. So if you look at the bell-shaped curve of what we call long haulers, I may be in the bottom bottom quadrant of the long haulers who have bad symptoms, but they're not threatening like the other symptoms. There, I can still I, carry on my everyday life, yeah. Even though I yeah. have to cut back. Like even prior to us having this meeting today, what was I doing for an hour? I was wrapped up in a blanket, because for some reason. Certain time in the evening, I can't say if it's seven or seven, seven o'clock, whatever it is, I get the chills mm. and feeling of flushness. In the mornings, I tend to have dizziness, not so much dizziness, but lightheadedness, headaches, and nausea. But okay. although why it's six o'clock this evening, I was nauseous. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke. It's not my wife's cooking, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right. No. Nothing to do with that. But right. then, I, then I have the trachea constrictor. You know, when, when I feel like, you know, not gasping for air, but there's definitely a restriction of airflow. Gotcha. And, but there's not a consistent pattern to say, this is going to happen this time, this can happen this time. Why has it been worse over the last several weeks? My doctor doesn't know. I was in my doctor's office. So he said, we can take blood. And one of the ironic things, with, again, with COVID, for the most part, when you take somebody's blood, it's almost perfect. What? Really? But yeah, there's nothing really out of the ordinary that would, somebody can say, hey, this guy's got this infection, this guy's got that infection. And my doctor told me this. And he's treats hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients with COVID. And he even looked at me and he said, Bruce, I don't know what else I can do for you. Take oh a Tylenol gosh. for your headache? He yeah. said, I don't know what to do. In fact, another, I had another quandary. Because my antibodies were so high mm-hmm. and I was presenting symptoms, my doctor said, you know, maybe you should hold off on getting the vaccine. Because what is the vaccine going to do? It's going to in- basically introduce the virus, to, well, that's what I say, the live virus. It's going to re- induce a response by your body as it's, it's fighting the virus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's going to build antibodies. If your antibodies are already high, what's better? And he said, there's nothing like your own antibodies. Okay. okay? That's the good news. On the other side, He said, if you get the vaccination, is that going to exacerbate your symptoms, make it worse? He doesn't know. So he said, hold off for a little bit. And last week or two weeks ago, he said to me, Bruce, I think you should get the vaccine. He did, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the CDC says those who have had COVID, even those presenting symptoms should get the vaccine. And there's some research out there uh, that supposedly the Pfizer vaccine has helped those people who are long haulers actually decrease their symptoms.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing, and that's yes. and that's great. I've I've heard about the the efficacy of Pfizer, uh, which is what what I got my first and second over the past uh, month and a half. Um, you know, and 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 the others are good too. But I've just heard like an increased efficacy. On, on on the Pfizer, you know. So, 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 did you end up getting the vaccine, Bruce? I'm due next, th- next Tuesday for my first injection. Beautiful. I Beautiful. was supposed to have my first
1: injection about five or six weeks ago. Right. And I was taking my mother in law. My mother was going to be 92 this year. I was taking her down to the wow. Javits Center in New York City. Yeah. It's run by the, uh, you know, the National Guard. Very well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my doctor said, cancel that appointment. Take your mother in law. I took her. In fact, I took her for a second one this past week. Good. And uh, he said, "Now just schedule yourself and let's get it done, and that's yeah. it." So, yeah, gotcha. And, and honestly, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, yeah, uh, about it because again, is that going to make my symptoms worse? Nobody knows. You know, you know I, 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 nobody knows. It's that's big question. But yeah. if it makes it better and it gives me more autoimmune protection, because it's not only the COVID nineteen, it's the other strains or, or the mutated strains that they're trying to. You know, help you help the body get used to
0: if that's right right so so for you it's only there's only one way to find out exactly. if it's gonna work right
1: exactly yeah. exactly
0: and, 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 and the exacerbating the symptoms um, i would i would you know if i was in your shoes i would have the same concern because you already have symptoms uh, from being a long hauler right? Uh, right and we've heard you know in the media and by the cdc that there are, there's moderate symptoms uh, or uh, side effects from the vaccine, particularly the second vi- Pfizer, I believe. Um, and, and, and so, you know, could that compound on top of your existing symptoms? So let me get this straight, Bruce, um, because I'm kind of medically inept, to be honest. Uh, but um, you, okay, this sounds like a cycle, almost like a vicious cycle. So your antibodies are good, which, you know, I grew up in, you know, in health class. I knew that antibodies are good. Uh-huh. And they increase when they're fighting off something. Okay. Now, you, what you're saying is um, yours have increased and have constantly been um, abundant in antibodies within your body because of the constant uh symptoms that you're having, but it's causing the symptoms to happen From having so many antibodies is that right well in layman's terms and again i'm not a medical professional either Mm -hmm. when your body
1: is fighting a disease and we'll use covid because that's what i'm dealing with right um you produce the antibodies and there's a process called shedding because when you when the antibodies are beating up the bad guys the cells die and the body has to rid them or get them out of the body that's the process what they call shedding okay okay when you're in the shedding process, you know, you, part of that is because you're fighting it, You your symptoms. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms could vary based on the individual. And it's my main symptoms, as I mentioned before, are headaches, nauseousness, feelings of flush, chills, mm-hmm. and the trachea constriction. Right. Okay? So there's not a rhyme or reason why I get that versus if you had it, you get something else. But there are some consistent But when you are shedding and you're fighting this, yes, those symptoms tend to rise a little bit. Okay. What makes it rise one day versus the other day? That's the big mystery. Now, how it attaches to the cells and things like that. I was absent in biology that day. I should have attended that class. But uh, too bad I didn't. So I couldn't tell you the, the real answer behind it. Uh, <laughs> right. And I kind of make the joke almost. And it's mm-hmm. no joking you matter with COVID. But I try and interject some of the comedy in that. You know, we have a designer dog at home. I spent thousands of dollars on. Mm-hmm. And my wife got this dog because it's hypoallergenic and doesn't shed. Now she's got a husband who's got COVID and he's shedding. Shedding right <laughs> when, when, when I told her oh, I, I, shed, I shed off the top of my head 40 years ago. You know? There
0: you go, that's right. And, no. and here I am now, still shedding. I'm still shedding, but in a different yeah. way. She's, yeah. gonna
1: put, she's gonna put me in the shed.
0: <laughs> so so that's
1: the, that's I'm sorry, that's the weird thing about the antibodies because mm-hmm. the, the, one of the concerns they had with COVID patients was that do the antibodies last? And if right. they do last, they still have their protect, protection as they did in the beginning? Okay. Uh, at least in my body, the proof is that my antibodies not only have lasted, they've increased to a relatively high number. Mm. I'm, I'm close to 90 on my antibody levels, okay? Mm-hmm. Normal mm-hmm. is zero, basically. If, you, if the average person walking off the street, if they never got exposed to COVID, they have zero antibodies, okay? Mm. Gotcha.
0: Because so,
1: they have nothing to fight off. Exactly. Like they don't have the disease. They're not fighting it. Like okay. how my wife never got the COVID, we don't know. My son got COVID. Yeah. He's the first one to get it. He did. He presented symptoms for two, three days. Mm-hmm. Now He may be still dealing with some COVID symptoms too. He has mm-hmm. this situation where he has difficulty with breathing at certain times of the night. Yeah. No rhyme or reason, mucus production is something. In fact, we were just discussing it before. He's frustrated. He's been to an allergist. He's been to an internist. He's been on different allergy medicines. He's been this and that. Allergies, allergist, allergists found nothing wrong. Mm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. the good news. The yeah. bad news, he found nothing wrong. It's the same <laughs> thing with me with COVID. My doctor, he checks this liver function, kidney function, breaks elements and middle, red blood cells, white blood cells, everything else, this, this, and that. Yeah. Perfectly within normal. And he can he can look at this in its chart. From the beginning of time, when I first presented the symptoms to COVID, to when I was in his office two weeks ago, and it's a consistent pattern of everything—the blood being perfectly null. thats the good news, you know. Except you do the antibody levels, okay? Right. But I wasn't feeling well the last few weeks, so I said, to him, "Could I have gotten reinfected with the COVID?" So I took another COVID test. Thankfully, it was negative. Okay, good. So good. yeah, so I'm not, I'm not uh, contagious. But within my own body, I'm still fighting this battle, which is a good thing. You want your body to fight it, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a very interesting and frustrating struggle because, you know, I I still try and maintain my normal activity level, my my, my new normal activity level. Let's put it that way. Right. You know, I'm on my treadmill every day, forty minutes. I'm doing my upper body exercise, my core exercise, whatever it may be, my leg exercise. So I'm typically doing at least an hour plus day of exercise. Good. That's been helping me physically and mentally. I started doing my own self-prescribed breathing exercise, and I do mm-hmm. some of those mm-hmm. and um, try and balance out my life with the comedy and other things. It is frustrating because, you know, sometimes your mind says yes and the body says no.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about the schedule that you hold, you know, I, I know, you know, you, you, you're, you're some years, uh, removed, um, retired, um, <clears throat> and, and, and you're, you're in comedy now, and there are schedules when it comes to, uh, certain dates that you've commit to, right? Whether it's in person or virtual and you don't have any rhyme or reason or pattern as to when these symptoms come on so strong to where you have to say, hey, wait, time out. I better go wrap up in a blanket. These chills are overwhelming or this nausea. I just can't uh, walk to the car or whatever, you know. So, so um, have, you, have you had a lot of, of, of those types of conflicts uh, kind of come up over?
1: That's, that's an excellent question thankfully i've been able to override some of that and Mm -hmm. maybe it's a mental battle and we talked about this the last time covid is not just a physical battle it's a mental battle Mm -hmm. and you got to figure out a way to balance both of them because if on the physical side you're doing everything you possibly can do to keep yourself as healthy as possible right you checked off those boxes that's great right on the mental side if you let that beat you down and I mentioned this the first time we talked. COVID, What COVID wants you to do is crawl up in the ball and basically give up. You said that. Yep. yep, I remember. Yep, I said that. And it's not the first time I've heard. You've heard this probably. It's been told by other people the same thing. You know, you just got that overwhelming feeling. You just don't want to be bothered. You just leave, leave me alone. Yeah. But yeah. I had to fight that. I still fight it on occasion. Not so bad now because I think I've gotten over that hump. But the right. comedy, as we mentioned before, is very helpful. One of the things that I find frustrating going forward, as things open up in life, comedy clubs have started opening up in New York, uh, Long Island, New Jersey, where right. they're booking shows, lives, live shows, thirty percent capacity, twenty-five percent capacity, forty percent capacity, right. depending on where you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I've been offered opportunities to perform at but I've turned it down. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready physically. And even me even emotionally ready to do that gotcha to me it's not worth a five, six, seven, eight, ten minute set jeopardize my health right now and maybe it wouldn't be jeopardizing my health but also I don't see people who would normally support me watching my comedy coming out and watching me right right at this juncture yeah. because I'm 65 years old, most of my people are in my age group let's face it. That's a higher risk group for COVID. Even right. though most of these people have been vaccinated, they're not running the comedy clubs right now. Right. Eventually they will be. So that's a frustrating part for me. My mind says, yes, I want to get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Because doing Zoom comedy is not the same thing as doing live comedy. No, it's not. And I've worked hard over the course of the year to hopefully make my comedy better. Yeah. But I want to show it to the world that maybe I'm a better comedian now. Again, I'm a low-level comedian compared to, Obviously, it's the headlines and things like that. And when clubs are opening up, who are they going to hire right now? They're going to hire the headliners because the headlines are going to put people in the seats. You know, Bruce right. Lipke is not going to put people in the seats the same way as a headliner on Long Island or gotcha. New York City. Right. But I talked to a, com- a comedian friend of mine the other day, and he was telling me he was, he did a show in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great crowd. And the crowd, was, the crowd loved it then. It's like the too. If you're a comedian or a performer and you haven't been on the real stage in a while and you get out there and, and you see a live crowd, even if it's 25% capacity and you hear that first laughter, you feel validated. Oh, of course. You know, as a performer. Yeah. And that's an important thing. And so a lot of comedians that I know have been self devaluated over the course of the year. Sure. If you do a Zoom comedy show, all right? Even if there's 50 people in the, in the Zoom audience. A lot of times they get muted because of external noise situation. Right. You can have your best set out there and you don't hear any laughter. So then you feel like, are you a Zoom comedy bomb bomber? Right, right, you know? right. And then when you get on the real stage and you've done that set for three years, four years, and it, it works all the time and you're on Zoom and not, no reaction. Yeah. You feel, have you lost your chops, basically?
0: You know, no, lost no. my
1: ability to entertain. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know a lot of entertainers or a lot of comedians have started. Doubting themselves and saying, you know, you know, have I lost my my comedy touch or my com- ability to entertain? And uh, yeah. I've tended to thrive a little bit more on Zoom because I know right now that's the only platform for me. Zoom. When I say Zoom, I'd say virtual stage, basically. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Zoom, no, I-
1: Streamyard, Google, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, Zoom <laughs> t- tends to be the go-to for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, yeah um, again, doing comedy on Zoom is very difficult too be- because. No, I can tell you, I can do a bit or a routine. And if you don't learn how to do comedy on Zoom, you're at a disadvantage because I can tell a joke right now. There's always a two or three second lag. By the time Aubrey hears it, Aubrey wants to laugh. So if I don't know that's going to be happening, I can be stepping on punchlines. I can be stepping on the laughter. And one of the things in comedy, you certainly don't want to be stepping on punchlines because it's hard enough to get a punchline people laugh at.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I hear a significant part of comedy, uh, stand-up comedy, is timing, you know, and 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 to your point, Bruce, delivering a set in a virtual space is not is 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 not the same. It requires a special mindset. It requires a special cognizance when it comes to how you know, the, the, the people would react to something you say and the timing behind that. And <clears throat> when it comes to like just getting a laugh, right? I mean, whether it's virtual space or in-person space, that's part of the energy, right? That validation, like you mentioned, you, you, you gotta hear that because that's, that's part of the energy that feeds you as you feed more energy of laughter to the audience, and it's cyclical that way, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, what you give out, you hopefully get back. What you yes. get back,
1: it's like a snowball going down, down a mountain. Right. It picks up momentum. And I have, you know, I'm not much a physical comedian, but I have, I, I do some act outs. And it's hard to do act outs on Zoom. You know, when you're talking to somebody, like in a conversation, you can do it on stage. I can pick on somebody in the crowd and say, oh, you know, hey, congratulations. It's Mary Smith's birthday. Hey, Mary, yeah. I got a story for you. Let me tell you about a story that... I know about birthdays, all right, or happy anniversary, amazing, you know, I just celebrated my 30th anniversary, 30 years of wedded bliss, (laughs) oh, no, no, wedded blisters, you know, and then I could could look right at Aubrey, I could look at Mary or Sally, and then you see their head going like this, if I do a routine, a lot of times I'll start my routine, I said, oh, guys, I just turned 65 years old, man, I looked in the mirror, I looked like a rusted old Buick. I look at a guy, oh, you, you could probably understand. He'd look like you're from the same generation. And the guy gives a yes over there. And then you see somebody, a younger person who's laughing in the corner. Say, oh, wait a second. What are you laughing about? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, In 20 <laughs> years, you're going to look in the mirror. You're going to look like a rusted old Prius. You
0: know? Yeah, Prius. <laughs> Prius. Yeah, yeah, I got
1: you. So, so again, <laughs> it's the physical interaction with the audience that you yeah. don't get on. I can do a Zoom show and I can see six or eight faces on top here yeah, and I can yeah. see Aubrey over here So oh, Aubrey, I see uh, I, uh, Aubrey just mentioned the fact that because before him we have still talking, Well, oh, you're from Texas oh, Texas, oh, I remember the first time I was in Texas on a business meeting you know, you mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. that or, or uh, another comedian may say, oh yeah, you know, young comedians. oh, I talked about my high school days, oh, let me tell you a story about my high school days, you know right, right. right. I, again my thing that I find
0: best is I can interact with the crowd
1: Yes. I'm learning better than the record of Zoom crowd, but it's certainly not the same. It's
0: no, it's not, not the same. same. And you're keying in uh, to, to keep that momentum going. It sounds like you're also keying in on nonverbal gestures exactly. from the audience to, to keep that momentum of going. Of course, otherwise. Right.
1: Because yeah. you yeah. may ask the question, you know, well, how many people grew up in New York City? You know, they, don't, mm-hmm. they say, hey, no, fantastic. You know, they, hey, let me tell you, I grew up in New York City. And I got a story for you that you're probably never going to believe. When I was in high school, we had to do swimming. But we had to do naked swimming. And all of a sudden, people go, oh, my God, naked swimming. This guy's pulling my leg. Yeah, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let me explain it to you. And i love playing the story to these people. And it's like, mm-hmm. holy cow, guy's not pulling my leg. <clears throat> and I'm right, trying right. to interject that story, but in a funny way. I got you. <clears throat> but in Zoom, one of the neat things about <throat> Zoom comedy <clears throat> is that, <clears throat> I can interact with people all over the world. So I'm meeting people from all different cultures. And I've learned with my comedy to sort of work with that. Uh, For example, there are certain words, and I was talking about the nude swimming joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually a true story. We had to do naked swimming in high school. And I have a line that I said, "Well, thank God woodworking wasn't run that way, you know? I say, <laughs> right. but basically I say for the United States crowd, I say, thank God woodshop wasn't run that. Way. Woodshop. Right, right, right. Yeah. But If I'm in the UK or overseas, <clears throat> I'll say, thankfully, woodworking was not run that way. Um, and I right. get a good response. <clears throat> yeah. Because yeah. again, I've learned to play that crowd a little bit differently. Yeah. And, uh, yes. and uh, just, they also look at me as an anomaly also, you know, 65 mm. year old Jewish guy trying to do comedy with, you know, 20, 20 or somethings. Or, or, or whoever, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm sort of like a novelty for these people, which is great. I love it, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel I fit in with everybody. Everybody's got a story. They sure you know? do, and, man. And <clears> throat> 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 hopefully, with comedy, especially, if you can take that story, embellish that story, mm-hmm. make it enjoyable, but also make it funny. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I think has helped me evolve with my comedy over the course of the year is that I'm trying to write a little differently. Also, um, one of the things I'm doing is that I've been doing some, some variety shows on a monthly basis. And unfortunately, this month is the last one because they're going live. It's from California. But with Zoom, it's been great. They had monthly themes. For example, it could be New Year's theme. It could be Valentine's Day theme, St. Patty's Day theme. Right. Okay. The next theme they have is Off to the Sunset, Western theme.
0: Mm, okay.
1: <clears throat> so what I've done is I've tried writing to those themes which I'd never done before. Mm-hmm. So taking real stories and trying to make them funny to adapt to whatever the holiday is or the occasion is. And it's just changed the way I, I've been writing comedy lately. Besides, because gotcha. I'm like a setup punchline type of guy. I've, yeah. been, I've been described as a Rodney Dangerfield or <laughs> some of those types. I'm not Rodney Dangerfield. and no, no way, but that type of set up punchline, set up punchline, nothing about my mother. or even like, you know, some of the old Borscht comedians from, you know, any Youngman types, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah. And so I I did a variety show a couple of months ago and I got on there, it was Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I I said, you know, when I got up there, I said, you know, just want to let you know, you know, the musicians here are fantastic musicians, but we have people playing the cello, we got people playing the guitar, we got people playing the piano, we got singers. Everybody has their own style. And within that style, there are styles. You know, two guitar players play guitar totally differently. Right. So I said, you're used to hearing me do a lot of comedy, that I do set up punchline. But there are alternate forms of comedy as well. And I said, tonight I'm going out of my comfort zone and I'm doing more story-based comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of set it up that way and I talked about how I first met my wife mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And from there, how we first dated and then eventually we got together more serious and some of the antics and stuff that we went through okay to a, a skiing trip that we took right and i put everything together in like, like six seven eight minutes whatever it was yeah. and in between i tried to interject jokes you know gotcha. that some was obviously true you know you know first met my wife and she, she said i'll give you 30 minutes on the clock that you know, was, was a blind date you know i said "Is this a job interview you know and it turned out to be it turned out to be a job interview for a husband you know? <laughs> right for a husband yeah uh, but then again just the commonality we had our birthday is january 27th right. Sister January january 29th my birthday is january 28th
0: my sister's birthday is january 27th
1: <laughs> so wow. what's the chances of 27 and and 29th
0: amazing and she no. thought i was i was pulling yeah. her
1: leg yeah and that was yeah. that was uh, only time on the first date that I had to pull my wallet out twice, you know, to show right. my driver's license and put, take the cash out to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and then it evolved into a story. It was like it was an it was a story that had humor to it. Yeah. At the same point. It was a Valentine's Day story, so I got I got a different level of appreciation from the crowd. Yeah. It wasn't like bent over comedy with hysterical miles, but it right. was fun story. It was a clean story. Yeah, and it had it had comedy within it. So, it so is- let me
0: ask you this then, Bruce. Um, uh, first off, I gotta, I really gotta commend you for stepping out of your comfort zone to, uh, to, 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 I guess adjust or modify the flavor of your delivery um, and make it story based. Uh, um, do you, do you feel that this delivery came across as more conversational? versus set up punchline set up punchline or yeah that's a that's a great point yes absolutely okay see one of the uh,
1: criticisms that some people have of my comedy is that they like my writing they like I see the structure is good everything else like that they like my delivery and stuff but if I go for a long set
0: yeah
1: a 20 minute set or longer I sometimes get stuck in a cadence pattern where it sure. always predictable yeah. yeah because my in my head I want to bang you for 20 minutes of straight jokes and after the audience is like this you know, <laughs> right they're, they're like you know it's all overkill you know it's, it's yeah. like enough yeah. already slow down change your, change your cadences and stuff yeah. but really trying to adjust and work on those that's why these stories are good because they do break it up nicely yes yeah. you know? that's, that's again the disadvantage of a zoom situation if, if you're, yeah. in, you're in a live club totally different story like I just recently did St. Patrick's Fair wrote something I'm not okay. Irish, but I did some research and I found out some commonalities between Americans and Irish, and one of them has to do with celebrating birthdays. Mm-hmm. How the Americans celebrate a birthday, typically, okay, if it's Aubrey's birthday, okay, congratulations, Aubrey, you have a cake, we blow it out. Are oh, you one? Are oh, you two? Are oh, you three? Oh, are you eight? Congratulations, Aubrey's birthday. Yeah. You know, in Ireland they do it totally differently. They'll have a cake, they'll blow out the candles, but they have a, they have something called bumping bumping b-u-m-p-i-n-g yeah where they actually take the child by the legs are you one and they bang their head on the ground are you two you know, oh my goodness three. wow uh, are you still conscious you yeah, know? are you still <laughs> conscious yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so i wrote a routine to that so that uh-huh. was Saint patty's Day, but just think about this it was specifically wrote for that yep. but now let's say i'm in the club yeah. Oh, yeah. congratulations Aubrey's birthday. Fantastic. Congratulations, Aubrey. Fantastic. You know, I have a great story to tell you. You know, I'm sure you have celebrated your birthday. You had cake and candles and blah, blah, blah. One, one But I know I have an Irish friend who celebrates his birthday totally differently. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Irish people in the crowd. Now, so is anybody Irish in the crowd? Yeah. Hey, you know, hey, right. right. You know, so suddenly, you've got them on your side. Yep. Got the curiosity of Aubrey say, Well, how do they celebrate their birthdays differently? Right. But that's Peak the interest. Exactly. That's yeah. the offshoot of of doing writing that one. I think. Or like I, I wrote because it was the Valentine's Day, it was a skiing story. Yes. Oh, it's okay. Maybe I won't say that in the summertime. But now I'm working on something of this Western theme. Okay. Ah. And uh, the Western theme, and I've i turned out this again. This I try and bring truth to it. Mm-hmm. You the truth and make mm-hmm. it so it's funny, but also something that people really could, kind of like a magnet. You
0: can bring them in. I got you, hundred percent, man. So we're talking your writings. You're making very relative and relevant uh, when it comes to uh, the time of year. When it comes to knowing who your your audience is and the research that you're doing. Um, that is huge, man. So, uh, so I was, uh, I was remembering what you told me last year, and what kept you steadfast and staying the course um, during, you know, the, the 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 hardest parts of COVID that you've had to endure. And so uh, now that you're past that and past the nine week recovery, um, but you're still a long hauler and you're still having these uh, symptoms or these, yeah, these these side effects or symptoms, um, um, what additional or new things are you doing to, 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 to stay fresh, to stay relevant, to to stay the course, you know, and not be down and out? It sounds like writing uh, in, in this new fashion uh, is, is one of those ways. Yeah, that's a great point too. That's an excellent point because yes, I try to keep
1: myself... As motivated as possible. Yes. I'm still doing some writing classes. I'm still doing as many Zoom mics as I can, getting on some shows, Working with people. I've always been a very good networker. Yes. Um, I, I, it's for many reasons. One is because I like meeting people. I like being helped by other people. And I like helping people. And I've been fortunate enough to help some people with their writing and they've helped me with my writing. I like to give back, you know, uh, as yes. much as possible. People have been very kind to me. They've been supportive to me. And I've always wanted to, to give back and maybe even more. Um, yeah, trying to stay as fresh as possible, trying to be relevant, you know. But I say relevant to the point where, you know, I'm respected for what I do. Yes. Uh, and act in a manner that fans their respect. You know, don't be an idiot. Be respectful. Show up on time. You know, or, you know whatever it may be, you know, or, you know, don't diss the venue. If they say it's a clean set, be clean, you know. Right. I've been on some shows where they say it's a clean set. Next thing you know, these people are throwing out F-bombs and doing yeah. things, talking about body parts. That be yeah. talking about, And it's like I cringe because, you know, that's not respecting the venue. And yeah. getting a reputation is all you have. Uh, I don't have to be the funniest comedian. But if you respect me for being who I am, there's a better chance that Aubrey's going to put me on his show than somebody else who doesn't
0: respect what Aubrey brings to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh Bruce man, um, yeah. So I, I think
1: that's been helpful to me. But like you said before
0: about yeah. the writing, if I if I can bring in something relevant
1: that people can say afterwards, they say oh, That was a nice story. Yeah. It had it had an ending to it, a beginning and an end to it, but there was right. some humor yeah. interjected to it. But I yeah. like the story where people bent over laughing the whole time. Absolutely. And maybe sure. I'll get to that point. You know, when you write yeah. you write a bit of a joke, I've been writing this theme now uh, on this Western theme for several weeks. Yeah. Uh, I'll be performing this a week from Saturday. So I still have almost a week and a half plus to, 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 to get this down to the point where I'm happy with it, but also have it memorized, but memorized when I say memorized, not memorized like I'm reading it off of paper, but yeah. memorized in my head enough that I can get out there and say oh yeah, you know, oh we have the western theme tonight, you know, this is fantastic. But let me just tell you about a story about me. I remember the times where I spent my summer times with my grandparents. We stayed in a place called a bungalow colony. You know, you may not know what a bungalow colony is, but you know, it's a collection of huts and basically it's plywood cabins, really cheap. All you had was a two bedroom, a bathroom, and a kitchen. Yeah. But, but to make it sound really exotic, they call them bungalows. They right, just right. Could probably could have called them, you know, shacks for that matter. You sure. know, if you sneeze, they'd blow over, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but then I bring you the fact that, you know, when we stayed at this bungalow colony, we had these amen- really crappy amenities there. The pool, the green slimy water, the rusted out swing set, you know, <laughs> right. and all the other great amenities, you know, waspies, and, waspies and poison ivy, you know. <laughs> yeah. How, so how's that trying, for a minute? And right? then you bring that in, and then you have a lot of people in the audience, especially if you're talking to see citizens or you're doing a library crowd, yeah. or just in summertime, people say, so you know, like, gee, I went to a bungalow crowd. It may yeah. not have been called a bungalow crowd. Maybe you went to a summer camp. All right. You stayed yep. in a crappy cabin there. <laughs> right. All right. The walls were so thin. You know, you can hear the person next door snoring or sneezing or whatever it is. That's so right. Everybody has an experience that maybe, maybe it's not the exact same experience, right. but now the whole thing is drawing them in, drawing yes. them in something of interest, something that's enjoyable, something that's hopefully funny too. Yes. Yeah. Then the key thing to this, because it's a Western theme mm-hmm. and it's the God's honest truth. I stayed in a bungalow colony one year. hmm that bordered a theme park. And the theme park was called Cimarron City. Mm. And Cimarron City was the largest Western theme park on the East Coast. Really? And all that separated me from that was a barbed wire fence. Okay? And during the day, while I'm playing in the green, slimy water, I can hear the the guns going off, or the screaming, the yelling, or whatever, all the action going on there. But my world here... Cimarron City here. Okay. So now my job as a comedian, because it's a true story, bring myself into Cimarron City, set it up that way, hopefully with some funny stuff. Right. Get myself into Cimarron City. Right. Hopefully bring funny stuff there.
0: Yeah.
1: Get myself out of Cimarron City, hopefully with some funny stuff.
0: Right. All right. But at the
1: same point, try and be engaging. You may not know what Cimarron City is, but Cimarron City, wow, Cimarron's Western theme park. Okay, what could possibly go? You've been to theme parks before. Yeah. You've, yeah. Been to Dis- you've been to Disney, wherever you may have been, event, right. wherever it may have been. So you say theme park, Western theme park. What do you think about? Old Western town, cowboys, Indians.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Except yeah. these Indians, they didn't look like Indians. They had Brooklyn accents. <laughs> right. And, and they <laughs> were in Nike sneakers, you know, instead yeah. of moccasins. Sure. Sure. So again, try and bring the funny into it.
0: These, yes. these,
1: these cowboys weren't wearing 10 gallon hats, they were wearing New York Yankee caps. Yeah, <laughs> Yankee Cats, right, right. <laughs> and eating Nathan's hot dogs. Yeah. yeah, so, so, yeah. So, so, again, especially if I'm doing a New York City crowd, because a lot of people, again, they can say, well, that's where you're trying to get the funny. Well, it's you know? relative, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. relative. So, Bruce, let's say, um, let's fast forward. I'm going to throw an arbitrary number out there. Okay. Let's say, let's fast forward six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. And six months from now, you're getting calls to uh, to to come to you know certain comedy clubs and 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 do you know openings uh, open for some headliners and so forth and and let's say you're you're on the better end of this whole this whole symptom uh, kick that you're having now um, after the vaccinations, so <clears throat> your 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 mind and your heart wants to do it. You want to go to those live shows, and now your body's feeling better to where you can. My question to you is, um, what does Bruce Lipsky have to do to make himself emotional ready, emotionally ready, after over a year, after over a year and a half of being virtual and remote to do that first live show?
1: Mm. Wow. Well. Very poignant question. Excellent thing. Yes. I have to be in a position where I don't know if I'm going to get rid of these symptoms. Okay. Okay. I have to be in a position to accept that if this is where I am, my symptoms, and I can still carry on my normal activities for the most part, and the clubs have opened up in a way that I feel safe. Yes. For example, I have a friend who just did a show in the club and He got there, and things that were promised to him Mm -hmm. that were supposed to be COVID-ready were not.
0: Mm. For
1: example, there was no shield between him and the audience. Mm. There was some other situation. So he got there, and he felt very funny about performing. Sure. You know? Then there's other clubs where they have hand sanitizer. They got the shield. People with socially distanced. You know, they have the microphone covers. And, you know, they've done everything right. Mm -hmm. If we can get to that point that we don't have a club owner that's not greedy and understands truly what it means to be, have safe protocols right. and Bruce is feeling better. He's got his vaccinations and we feel that the city or wherever towns we be performing in are not on the rise in COVID. Yeah. Then Bruce Lipsky will feel comfortable getting on stage. Gotcha. For right. example, one of my bucket lists when I first started going to comedy was to play at Field. Okay. Mm -hmm. I did that. I got that. Unfortunately, Dangerfield's closed during during COVID. I don't think it's opening up. My number two bucket list was to perform at casinos. One of the casinos up in Mohegan Sun, which is up in Connecticut. A popular casino or in Atlantic City.
0: Right.
1: I got offered to perform at one of the casinos up in in Connecticut. Not because I'm the best comedian in the world. They're looking for comedians now. They want people to bring people. I'm still at a stage. They want me to bring people. They got to fill seats. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it for a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't COVID ready. right? Even though they had only 30% capacity, even if they had the best situation, but they had screens and covers, and this and that. I wasn't ready to do that. A couple of reasons. One is that I didn't see my people coming out to see me. Also, it was a Thursday night. And for me to drive two and a half hours to go there to do seven minutes of comedy, to me, in normal times, I would have grabbed because right. that's one of my bucket lists. But yeah. given the COVID and this other situation, it didn't seem that the risk-reward ratio was not there. Right. And the right. answer to the question is, I don't know what that risk-reward ratio is right now. Mm-hmm. But if it's not balanced, then I can't, I can't do comedy live, or I won't do comedy. For not only my sake, but also the people that would want to come see me. Sure. Or anybody else for that matter. I wouldn't want to But a friend of mine does a lot of outdoor venues. He said, it's great. You know, so mm-hmm. that's comedy is evolving in different ways and maybe there'll be more opportunities on zoom i'm trying to get the best i can to be on zoom so maybe i've had some i've had paid shows on zoom not a lot yeah. of money but you're still getting some money and yeah so uh and uh, so it feels again validates some of the comedy but again as clubs start to open up more you're going to see just a different way of doing comedy because you have no choice uh, you got to yeah. be used to being in a room that has 30%, 40% capacity. And the clubs sustain themselves at that level.
0: Yeah, I don't know how clubs sustain themselves at that. But you know what? It's a heck of a lot easier to sustain at 30%, 40% capacity than zero capacity. Exactly. You're, right? yeah, you're, you're still paying, your paying the rent. right? You're still paying the
1: monthly rent.
0: Absolutely. Dangerfields, if I'm not wrong,
1: $25,000 a month rent. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So if you're not putting, yeah. You're not doing do a show six, seven, seven days a week, three shows a night. Yeah, you I'll be cranking them out. That, cranking and them and out. now think about I'm not a headliner. I who knows if I'll ever be a headliner or setup guy. But the headline is now, if you're playing to a crowd of thirty percent, okay, does that mean your pay gets cut to thirty percent? Well, you're gonna demand
0: more, aren't you? Or wouldn't Well have no? A,
1: let's say let's say you get a hundred dollars for being a headliner at a show on a Thursday night, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's say there's normally 100 people in the crowd, right? But now there's only 30 people in the crowd because the, the capacity is now 30, percent right. Can a promoter or a club owner, producer, pay you the same hundred dollars you normally get, or is he going to pay you thirty-five dollars? No, good question. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know the answer to that. Fifty dollars. Yeah. But now, you, are, are you in a position to say, "Hey, I'm not taking fifty bucks to be a headliner"? Well, he'll get Joe Smith to be the headliner for fifty bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's 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 really professional comedians, professional dancers, professional singers, anybody in the entertainment industry, musicians. I I, I feel so bad because you know
0: very let's much affected.
1: One things are great, things are great. Yes. You know? and there's always a struggle to, to be get better and better and be the next headliner or whatever the game. A lot of these people that I know have contracts, people on cruise ships, national yep. tours, right, you know, headlining this club, headlining that club. And they're, they're making a living. You know, mm-hmm. when you that the rug gets cut out under you, suddenly there's no cruise ships. There's no Vegas stuff. There's no Atlantic City stuff. There's no tours. There's no college tours. No, no. There are a lot of comedians out there doing college tours, making a lot of money. A lot of cruise sure. you know, ships, as I said before. And it's just a life these people love. Uh, and now it's basically, it's like this, stop is up. Yeah. And even once they start coming back, as i said before how can they pay these people what they're used to getting right because it's not 100 percent capacity for one no no yeah. and you can't blame the clubs no and then you can't not. blame the audience either now is the audience a little bit leery too yeah. Are they going to want to spend the money because some of these people aren't working right there's such a trickle-down effect here yeah that you know how do you ask somebody to come to a club and pay ten dollars to get in to a drink minimum you right. know uh, the transportation the parking whatever it may be it's a night out you know yeah. which is great if you want to come out for the night they want to spend a 100 bucks it's fantastic right in the normal times they would, wouldn't blink an eye about it
0: you know they yep. so guess
1: we'll definitely go do it uh but now it's like well you know i really haven't worked in three months Yes, yeah. gotta think you know? it
0: through right
1: exactly and yeah. again what's the risk ratio reward ratio again do yeah. i risk myself going out chancing myself getting or whatever you know and uh, do right. I take tra- some of these people would take mass transit to get there, yeah. trains and buses. Right. You know, that's why people lived on those things. Now, the other two weeks, I don't want to get on the train now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's changed so much of, of, of how not just the entertainment industry, but like you said, mass transportation. How do people commute now? You know, the, uh, that's a big part of the change uh, as well. And, you know, even though society is slowly trickling to, you know, start to get back to some degree of normal. Uh, It's going to be at a limited capacity. And I think long-term it's going to look different. Um, We don't know. We don't have that crystal ball yet to know what it's going to look like, but there's going to be some added dynamic to it that will make it different from what it was before. That doesn't mean it's less enjoyable, you know, but, but I—that's th- what I feel, you know, in in my heart of hearts. Right. True. Yeah. But think
1: yeah. about it. If you're at a comedy club performing, and everybody in front of you is wearing a mask.
0: Yeah. You know, you, know? you can't see the nonverbals. You can't see the exactly. smile or when right. they're about. So you got to
1: you got to issue the mask with smiles on it. You know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a well, good way. X Y Z Club. Or whatever or whatever the club is. Okay. Okay. Change of feels. We put a big smile on it. Everybody gets that's a, right. a mask. That's right
0: yeah yeah oh, that's, that's hilarious uh, so bruce i have uh one final question for you okay and um and 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 this is just man you have such a good heart and and, and a good soul and and you really take in my opinion the wisest um most healthy approach to responding to something as uh as devastating as COVID-19 has been over the past 13 months. So my question is this, could you give, offer some advice, okay? Uh, Offer some advice uh, and I'm gonna give you a choice of three different audiences, okay? Um, And you can pick which one. If you can offer some advice to either A, someone who is currently going through COVID or B someone who has gone through COVID and is now a long hauler or C just someone out of the general public who is just sick and tired of this whole pandemic and wants to go out and be in public and, you know, concerts, amusement parks, Uh, Restaurants, nightclubs. Um, Pick which audience, and then tell me your advice.
1: Okay, I would probably pick the uh, since I'm the long haul. I'd probably pick the long haul. I was talking to them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's okay to uh, you know there there are three things you can do when if you get in a situation like this, you get a challenge. You can not accept it and not like it, and accept it and not like it, but you can accept it and like it. Obviously, you don't want to accept and like the fact you have COVID, you know, but, right. you know, <laughs> fact that you can accept it unless say not like it, but it's also, it's okay to basically be a human being. There are days where I want to sit back and, and, and I, I, I'm going to say cry, but just reflect back and say, why me? I, I want to cry, what did I do wrong? And things like that, beat myself right. up, you know. Right. Right. But, you know, it's okay to feel that. Whatever you're feeling is normal, you know, for you. So anybody tells you you're nuts so or you're crazy or you're not feeling this, it's all anxiety. It's up in your head. Now you got to understand you're living within yourself, and you have to stand for yourself and do what be, I call it healthfully selfish. Do the things that make you feel good, yeah. you know, not at the expense of somebody else, of course. Right. But you know, do the things that that will work for you. If certain days I would have to cut back and say, you know, I just feel tired, you know. I have to give into that. I'm not one to give into this necessarily, but reality strikes sometimes and say, "Hey, you know, as you get to a certain point in life, you got to accept things. You don't have to like them, but the fact that it's real."
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. and it's just. But this thing is messages across over to everybody. Basically, you know, this yeah. is a real disease. You know, this ain't this ain't something made up here. You know, when you're <laughs> walking, no, in my, you know, when you're walking in my shoes or somebody yeah. else's shoes, that you see. You have an understanding how the impact of that. It's not just the personal impact; it's right, how right. it affects everybody else. And if you can just support people, and I think I have a very good support network, mm-hmm. and uh, and I support people as well as much as possible. Um, sometimes you got to keep that smiley face on, even though you don't want to smile. Right. Because, you know, I, I just feel it's, it's better. Not to beat yourself up and say, Why is it happening to me? Oh, uh, you know, everybody has tragedy and stuff that happens in their lives. Um, yeah, I'm angry. Um, let yourself be angry. Yeah. Let yourself be sad. Let yourself be happy that I've hopefully beaten this or at least maintained myself well enough that I can function as a normal human being. Right. Have compassion to those who may be struggling more right. and, uh, you, know, you know, give. Give as much as you can to people, and hopefully you get that back. As I mentioned Beautiful. before, I have a, a support network, and I've and I've supported other people that, that are who are going through trying times that are not COVID related.
0: Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to have that community, right? You yeah. have to. So, Bruce, that is uh, excellent, excellent advice, man. I really, really appreciate that. And how can the listeners like uh, connect to learn? of any upcoming shows you have virtually on zoom.
1: Hey, I have a fan page, Bruce Lipsky comedy. Okay. And it's hashtag you gotta laugh. Y a G O T T a L a F F. Gotcha. And also Wonderful. I'm on Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook person writing things, but you gotta laugh on my Facebook fan page. If you like my page, follow me. My shows are upcoming on there. I also have a website called BruceComedy.com.
0: Okay. Awesome. And my shows
1: and things are on there. The road to rediscovery is on there.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Hey, that's great. It's good to
1: know. Yeah, so once, once, in fact, the first interview we have is on there, so you can play it back from there. Once this interview interview gets put together, I will post it on my website as well. And uh, this way, people want to listen to that who haven't heard it. That'd be great. And some other things are on there as far as any upcoming dates, as far as shows, some of the okay. links I have on here are not active yet because I don't have the Zoom links or the ticket information. You know, right. when I say right. ticket information, ticket information, basically all these are free. So it's not like it's Because okay. you know, I'm not doing any shows that I know of right now that you have to pay to come on. If you do have to pay some show, maybe they're five dollars. You know, right, right. Uh, but it's not a lot of money, but most of the stuff I'm doing is is free based. Maybe that's not the right word to use. Free based. <laughs> I had a feeling you let's were going to say something okay. like that. <laughs> let's let's, let's, let's re- re- rewind that. Rewind those, that.
0: Do a little those edits. are not fee-based. They're not fee-based. Not free-based. Fee fee-based. Not free-based. Understood. Exactly. 100%. Well, exactly. Bruce, we're going to make sure that we uh, put the links to your website, your fan page, and so forth on the episode show notes so that people can uh, directly get to that and access that they may not have the zoom links right away like you said uh, until the meeting room is created and it's scheduled but they'll at least have the dates they'll at least have the dates that you'll be performing all right so mr bruce lipsky once again my friend i really really appreciate us connecting again and and getting an update on how you're doing and and much continued health and prosperity goes to you my friend
1: Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here again. As I said, I love you. I love what you're doing. And uh, hopefully I've helped some people.
0: Well, thank you so much, man. And I love you as well, Bruce. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a chance, please go to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Lipson, wherever you listen to your shows, and just just give that five-star review and uh, and rate, please. It would mean so much to me. And more importantly, if you know someone who is really struggling going through dark times and they feel like they're at the end of their rope, please, I ask you, please share this show with them so they know that there is always hope and they're not alone. The Road to Rediscovery, it's part of a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. Together, we're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. Thank
1: you very much, everybody.
0: Pleasure being here. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.